Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. I came across a chart recently、uh, from my good friends at Seedly, and it listed how much money you should have in the bank by a certain age. So it said people in their forties should have five hundred thousand dollars in savings, and I thought. Wow, you got to be really smart with your money ahead of time in order to reach that goal. How do you do that? And then I admit, because of the whole Trump taking on TikTok thing, I decided to check out TikTok. Prior to that, I had no interest in TikTok. Didn't know what it was about. Thought you couldn't get content over in such a limited time span, you know, because TikTok videos are really short, right? So I decided to check TikTok out, and I realized there are lots of great content creators out there. Who are using TikTok and they're doing it really successfully. So I thought I'd shine the spotlight today on two fresh voices,、uh, two TikTokers joining me to share their ideas on money and investing. Karen Fu is a motivational speaker. She's an author. She is an investor, and of course, she's a TikToker. Just thirty years old. Karen, what has been your best advice about money that you've received?、Um, the best advice about money that I've received is, you know. It's really simple, but a lot of people are not really implementing it because it's hard.、Um, it's basically you gotta live below your means. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people say that it is hard to make money. Some people will say that, but sometimes keeping that money is harder. So. You are、that's、right. Yes, that's good one. Keeping the money, paying yourself first,、uh, tough to do. Easy to get on paper, but actually very、mm-hmm. tough to execute. So we're going to help people yeah, out yeah. there. Willis Lau is a financial advisor and TikTok creator, thirty-two years old.、Uh, Willis, when you hear about saving、yep. money, five hundred thousand by the age of forty, do you think that's achievable? For this part, yes, it's a it's a big number. So. Um, it's definitely achievable、um, depending on what is your strategies, and in this case, I think we can't run away from investing because we are in a, in a climate that、uh, you know by just saving、uh, is not going to you know, bring us to to the next level. Yeah, so it's it's always a combination between savings and investing to to, to grow it further. So、um, yeah, so definitely I think、uh, once there's a certain plan and strategy, it's definitely achievable. Wonderful. Let's get to know the both of you before we jump into the actual money advice that we want to share with listeners this morning. Karen, I wonder if you can share with us maybe a turning point in your life that made you think about money differently. That would be about ten plus years ago in two thousand eight when there was a financial crisis. So unfortunately, what happened was that. Um, my family lost everything because of the financial crisis, and back then I was still in high school. So, even though I was really young, I told myself, you know what? The next time that a recession happens, I'm not going to have to worry about financial problems again. This means that I'm going to work so hard, okay, so hard, in such a way that when the next financial crisis comes, I'm gonna. Live in a peaceful manner, without stress, without financial stress. So that was the main turning point for me. You know, people say that setbacks, challenges are here to strengthen you, are here to give you a better life in the future, and I believe that. So that is wonderful to hear, Karen. So here we are in the middle of maybe the most volatility we've seen in a while.、Mm-hmm. Have you positioned you? How have you positioned yourself for this crisis? How are you doing? Are you peaceful? 
um, yes, I'm peaceful, and I'm grateful for that because for the past ten plus years, I've worked so hard from Monday to Sundays, mornings to midnight, just to prepare myself for the next financial crisis. Because, like I said, I told myself, you know what, I'm not going to let myself. You know, be stressed about financial issues again because mm. in 2008 it was so painful. But you know what? The pain, that pain, made me stronger. And, it and you're in a, a better, better life today. You're in a better mm-hmm. position now with all that hard work. Yes, yes. Terrific to hear. Thanks for sharing. Let's turn to you now, Willis. Was there a moment in right. life that changed your view on money? Um, I think I think about. Uh, it was about probably about ten years ago and stuff, yeah. Because back then I was still a student, so uh, so this is when I realized that <clears throat> that I think when it comes to money, right, it does not just start when uh, someone uh, let's say just graduated. It all starts from as as early as possible, because um, yeah. So so for me, what uh, I, I realized that um, you know if I really want to get better money, uh, I need to have uh, you know more income sources. Mm. So I can't just wait, yeah. Because uh, I think most I think in, in Singapore most of the path is. Um, you know, like when we graduated and that's when I started, okay, now I have uh, my first paycheck. Yep. And that, that's when I start to think about uh, how should I, you know, be, be, be managing it, which now I feel that it's, it's a bit too late because um, it takes time, you know, to, to, to create habits. Uh, it takes time to, to really get, um, you know, better at it. So, so for me, I think what was great was um, I started to, you know, do, do quite a bit of like side hustles, like um, get tuition, uh, becoming a student advisor. And that's when, when, I have money coming in, and I know that okay, I need to start learning how to how to manage it. If not, you know, it it it, it defeats the defeats the purpose. Yeah. That is so, great. Yeah, start those yeah. income streams as early as possible. Yep. In fact, I know a thirteen-year-old right. uh, right. whose investment account has gained sixteen thousand dollars since the start of yep. this year. She's thirteen um, yep, yep, because yep. she saved all her ang pao's and you know um, right. has right. been investing right. with the help of dad, of course. So yep, yeah, yep, I get yep. your point. Great points in, in and right, great right. insight there. So to the both of you, what do you think is the the first most important step that millennials should think about when they think about starting? Their investment journey. Karen, you want to kick it off? Right. So millennials, they are enthusiastic. They are motivated to, you know, achieve their goals. But then I find that the main problem that a lot of millennials have is that they lack the patience to learn investing. Yeah. All right. And during this pandemic, there are also people outside of millennial, the millennial group who pursue investing just to want to make quick bucks to get rich quick. And investing is never a get-rich-quick scheme. Mm. So the most important thing millennials need to do, and also to any other investors, is to spend minimum at least six months to learn investing properly. In fact, to be conservative, give it at least one year. And a lot of people will say, you know, Kim, why is it I need to take one year to learn investing, it is so long. Mm. But then, think about this. We spent three to four years in university and 20 plus years in school just to prepare ourselves mm. for a job. So if we can do that, then definitely we can spend a year or maybe two years to learn investing properly because when you put in the time and patience to learn investing properly, you will be able to prevent yourself from losing 
tons of money, which is what happened to a lot of people mm. during the pandemic because they never bothered to learn. So the main thing millennials need to do is spend the time just to learn, you know, take courses, seminars, mm. read books. Just put in the time and patience. Learn risk-free as well. You can always start up one of those uh, accounts where you get paper money, so to speak, and do paper trades, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With yeah. virtual money. Great advice, Karen. What about you, Willis? What do you think millennials need to think about when beginning investing? Yeah, I think for me, to, uh, my, uh, my, my take is, is uh, I think the first thing is having a self-awareness on why, uh, um, you know, that person is wants to start investing. So, so obviously, I mean, I mean, most of us would be like, no, I want to grow my returns. I want to um, uh, earn money. I want to you know things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's um, a lot of times for some people, their goals and their objectives might not be aligned with what they, uh, you know, what they want, what they really want. Yeah. So, so I think the first step is really about ensuring that uh, you know you have really set aside you know a certain amount of emergency funds. Uh, understand your time horizon and what is your risk profile, because once these are being established, right, and mm-hmm. that's when you you'll be less um, emotionally, um, I mean, your emotions will, will, will not be uh, involved uh, uh, most of the time, yeah. So, okay. because a lot of times, yeah, we can talk about investing, right? Um, some people, <laughs> they, they, they probably, you know, they, they are putting more, more, more eggs, you know, in, in, in baskets, which when mm-hmm. uh, uh, market moves, they, they tend to, you know, get, get shifted quite a bit. So, so I think to also add on to what Karen shared, it's about, you know, t- t- um, time in the market is better than time in the market. So I think when all these are being established, yeah. um, it, it's more, it, it becomes more logical and not so much of the emotional. Yeah. What do you think, Karen? Do you have to have the emergency funds set aside before you start investing? I mean, so much of life is priorities that you handle mm-hmm. all at the same time, right? So yeah, yeah. can you like build up your emergency fund and get started in the market right now? you got to build up your emergency funds. Have at least six months of saving. Now, this is another mistake that a lot of aspiring investors and even traders make. Mm. They have maybe... $500 in the account and that's the only thing that they have or maybe $100 in the account and that is the only life savings that they have and that money is required to pay rent for next month to pay for food for next month and they use that $100 to so-called save their life to so-called get them out of that financial situation and that is one mistake that people shouldn't make because if you put money into investing, which you cannot afford to lose, you're going to lose it. Okay, all right. Because it's going to lead to emotional investing and emotional trading. And you wouldn't be able to think straight when you are putting money on the line, which you cannot afford to lose. Willis, in your videos on TikTok, thank you very much, Karen, for that. I think it's good advice uh, to keep in mind always about how much money you get real about the amount of emergency funds you have. That is such an important safety net. Willis, in your video, you talk about different ways to grow your money. You talk about unit trusts, robo-advisors, ETFs, fixed deposits. Everybody wants, you know, a a nice, neat dividend income stream coming your way. But in your opinion, what is the best way that an inexperienced trader can start in the market? Um, I, I think I think personally because there's so many uh, options out there, mm. and it tends to uh, I, I think I think for someone who's just getting started, tends to uh, to be overwhelmed. You know, like where where should I start? Uh, what are some of the options I can consider? So, so I think first firstly is really to, to to read up and research on uh, on the overview of investing, like to really understand what each uh, uh, instrument can can do for you. 
uh, uh, depending on let's say what is your expected rate of return, uh, what is your risk profile, you know, things things like that. And and I believe that a, a healthy portfolio, uh, uh, you know, would have a mixture of different uh, instruments. It's not just about oh, you know, I, I just go all in in, in in stocks. It can it really depends on what is the objectives of that particular um, uh, investment idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think for start, it's really to, to really sit down to think about, okay, maybe I have this some money, like what, what is this for? Is this for short term, mid term, or, or is it more for long term? Yeah, and that's when we can balance out, you know, the, the, uh, one of some of the instruments that you, you will be using, yeah. Karen, you made your money in Forex, right? I mean, you, you actually mm-hmm. have been named number one youth trader in a Forex trading contest across the nation and ranked 10th out of 3,000 traders over 30 countries in an international Forex contest. A lot of people feel that, you know, Forex is, is a little daunting if they don't understand what spreads mm-hmm. and pips and all that is about. What do you think is, why did you choose Forex for your start? Why did I choose Forex? Yeah, why did there I are many choose? reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is because um, when I first started out, I didn't have a lot of money, so Forex allows you to get into it with low capital. So that's the good thing. And also, Forex markets, there are massive liquidity, so there are not a lot of uh, slippage issues. means there are not, not a lot of uh, trading issues when you are trading the markets. And also... The thing is, Forex is not as daunting as what most people think. You just need to take time to go and learn it. Like I said, give it at least six months to one year to learn it. It's just like learning any other skill. If you're putting the time and patience, you're able to make it work. Okay, people like to understand what moves markets, you know. Every day we try to come up with narratives to figure out what markets want. If Trump gets better faster, what does that mean for the markets? If he takes longer to get better, then what does that mean for the markets? What What are the drivers that move, um, you know, supply and demand in Forex, for example? Can you give us sort of an overview of what people are looking out for? What explains mm-hmm. the moves in the Forex markets? So there are a lot of factors that move the forex markets. The mm. first main one is economic factors, meaning fundamental factors. Basically, it's things like inflation, interest rates, GDP growth, interest rate differentials. All these are the fundamental factors. And also, risk sentiment. This means that how are traders feeling right now? Are they feeling fearful or are they feeling a little bit greedy, optimistic? So that's really important as well. And also technical levels, but it doesn't really drive the markets that much because the main underlying driver is fundamental factors. And this is what retail traders should focus more on because the main problem with the retail trading industry is people focus more on the technical analysis aspect, meaning what the charts are telling them. But if they want to become more profitable, what they should do is to shift towards to analyzing fundamental data. Of course, it's a little bit harder because you need to understand inflation rates, GDP, and all this. It's a little bit like economics. But like I said, you don't need to really have a finance background. You just need to put in the time and patience to go and learn it, and you'll be able to make it work. So all these comes down to how traders and investors are feeling about the markets. That drives the market. How they perceive the fundamental data that drives the market.
Yes. All right, that's great. Uh, her name is Karen Fu. I'm also spe- speaking with Willis Lau. Both are TikTok content creators in this whole area of money management. I'm looking for unconventional insights. I wonder, uh, Willis, if you can share some major lessons from your investment journey so far. Um, I, th- I think personally for me, it's uh, um, like when I first started on investing and stuff, right, mm. <clears throat> which is I think, I think the emotions part, like, you know, it, played, it played on me. So, um, yeah, so t- from time to time, let's say, like, let's say, say for example, and I think that when it comes to the March and April, uh, you know, that, that drop, right, uh, it, it has caused quite a bit of, you know, a fluster. <laughs> yeah, personally, I mean, yeah, as, as a human being, as a human being. Yeah, but then, um, you know, then, then I always get reminded of, go back to my objectives of, for that portfolio. In this case, uh, most of them are, are middle to long term. And, and more importantly, it's also to see, um, you know, what are some of the companies that I'm investing in. And as long as they are, are growth-driven and they are solid fundamentals, my, uh, I faith that, you know, it, it's, it's likely to go in the long term, which is why, in the end, I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just, okay, let's just see how things are. <laughs> and I'm thankful, I'm thankful that I didn't because, uh, you know, that, that whole thing rebounds back. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I think that, for me, that, that's really one of the, the, the major lessons on the emo- emotions. Uh, then second one is really more on research and learning because prior to COVID, um, mm. you know, I was pretty, I think, I was pretty myopic on the kind of uh, investments available. I know, like probably I just tend to focus more on instruments that I uh, deal with uh, for my clients and stuff. Yeah, but during this circuit breaker, you know, I get this chance to really, really go and learn and research about, you know, the other types of uh, instruments which really um, um, gave me a lot more insights, a lot more insights and, uh, yeah, so I think, on this investment journey, I think we can't run away from uh, uh, you know doing the work, like we, like really learning and, and picking up things, you know, bit by bit, time by mm. time, yeah. Mm. So, Karen, yeah. in your thank you very much, Willis. Sure. Karen, in your video, you say that traders mm. should socialize with other traders. Mm. How does this benefit traders? I think that's interesting. Okay, so trading is actually a pretty lonely kind of career and business because you know I. You're just staying at home with your computer and that's it. I mean, if you're an introvert, then this career is suitable for you. But even if you're not an introvert, even if you're not an extrovert, okay, you still need to go out and talk to traders. Why is this so important is because it helps you feel that you're not alone. And second thing is that when you go out and talk to traders, you can learn so much, so much from them and also... At the same time, you'll be able to get inspired by them. And being inspired is really important because when you are sitting at home trading by yourself, sometimes it, it will be demotivating, especially on those days when you lose money, which is part of the process. Okay, So it's very important for traders to just go out and meet new other traders and talk to people. Yep. Trading sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> All right, before, should try it. <laughs> I should. Uh, before we let mm-hmm. you both go, uh, some final thoughts on millennials managing their money. I want to let you have the final say. Karen, why don't you kick us off? Final say, just to sum up what I said, which is take the time to go and learn. And in fact, nowadays you don't really need to pay for it because there are so many free resources online which you can learn from. I've heard stories from people who just learn everything for free online and they can make it 
work. Fantastic. But most importantly, you got to put in the hard work. Yeah. Don't rush the home entire process. Mm. If you rush the home entire process, the faster you're going to lose money, just like other investors and traders. That is wonderful. Willis, your final words on uh, millennials managing their money. What do you want them to know? Right, right. Uh, for me, it's just get, getting started. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times we procrastinate so much that you know time is just uh, not on our on, on our end. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So no matter how much we do, we can learn and we can do all those things, uh, mm. but all this wouldn't count until you really, you know, uh, make it make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, get going. Yeah. Get started. Get going. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. both for joining us. And how can yeah. people find you, you on TikTok, Karen? What is your handle? Um, my handle is. Official Karen Fu. And if you type in Karen Fu, you can just, I think you can find my account easily. Wonderful. And Willis, mm-hmm. how can people find you on TikTok? Uh, my, my, my handle is uh, Willis Lau, W I L L I S L A U uh, B X. Yeah, just, just uh, yeah, my phone. Yep. Wonderful. Well, thank you both for joining yeah, me on cool. Money and Me. Thank you so much. Yep. All right, thank, thank you. you. Karen Fu and Willis Lau. TikTokers, I decided to shine a spotlight on this morning in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.